0: Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final revelation warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau.
1: Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. Tom Donnan is back and we're so blessed to have him here with us. It's been a while. Every time Tom comes on to discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy and the end of days, we're always amazed at how close we really are to the soon return of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Help me welcome back to the program, our good friend, Tom Donna Tom, thank you for coming back on, brother. I have been looking forward to catching up with you. Amen.
2: Amen. Pastor Bob, every time we get together, I'll tell you what, it seems as though the Holy Spirit just flows with wonderful life and it gets very exciting because I'll tell you what, sometimes we get caught up in the, the day in and day out life and we don't see what's going on, uh, but yeah. when you take a good look at it, you can see, uh-oh, this is like getting too much. You know, our world is changing a whole lot. And fast. And, and fast. fast. Yeah, that's why I, I like getting together with you to, to talk about these things.
1: Amen. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. So I just want to dive right into it. Now, I remember you had a dream that you shared with us before. And in this dream, you know, the ground was breaking up, houses were sinking, and, and things like that. And recently, you were shown by something by God that said basically, we're now entering the next phase of that. Can you share with us more about this dream and catch us up with this new phase?
2: Well, when it comes to the dreams and the visions, you know, the thing is is that the Lord shows us things in part. And so sometimes he will allow me to have a really better picture or clearer picture, but yet hindsight is a really good indicator of being on target or understanding in the fulfillment. And so just recently, uh, as we've been watching, we saw that as soon as Russia invaded the Ukraine, uh, things, the financial systems around the world started getting hit, you know, and the petroleum costs went sky high, and it affected so many different things. And and then with the uh, interest rates, to, st- to bring the dollar to be strong and stable, they've been raising the interest rates, which means is that that affected the housing market. Now, when it did that, then that started to cool off really fast. And now you have people who have bought at the top and Uh, now they're struggling to stay above water and it's, it's been a real fight. So you're now starting to see the housing market sink into the ground. As I saw in this, this, um, experience, the third phase was to, um, have a problem with the electricity. Now I like it when usually the Lord sees me beyond the circumstances, you know, uh, like with the pandemic, when he showed me that it was going to be three waves. And afterwards we get back to regular life. No, uh, But this time I didn't see past that when the electricity went out. But the thing was, is that, what was that, just last week, uh, I could, <clears throat> for people who may not have heard previously broadcast, the Lord communicates to me in a variety of different ways. And one of them is that I hear sounds. Now, uh, sounds during the night, and sometimes Christians will hear even sounds during the day. And That's really rare. So I kind of categorize it as is that maybe 1% or 2% of prophetic people will hear sounds during the night, and I'm one of them. And so the other night as I'm sleeping, I am hearing a banjo play. Now, I've never heard this before, so now I'm thinking to myself, what in the world does this mean, right? So, of course, God, in the morning. God's calling you to go to Nashville? Oh, hey, oh, <laughs> Grand Ole Opry. I like going
1: there. <laughs> no? Didn't mean to uh, interrupt. Of-
2: <laughs> all's good so uh what happened is that i looked it up and you know it talks about bluegrass folk music that type of thing and then later on in the afternoon uh, comes the news that a power station in one of the carolinas has been attacked
1: north Carolina. and
2: been knocked offline now that was uh, considered to be like a domestic terror event and of course we have this open border and we don't know who is coming in and and we're watching the increase of chaos which comes back to this thing of banjo right is that when i heard this it was pretty loud so i woke up out of my sleep pretty fast and i looked at the clock and it was 11:11 11, 11. now that's kind of like a pay attention when you see a double number and so as i looked it up the number 11 stands for chaos right so here you have the banjo music saying pay attention to what just happened in uh, like let's say the bluegrass states, or that that folk music and that, that type of thing that you get there. And so you can equate the two of them. And so that was pretty easy on me considering that uh, I was able to put it together on the same day. But that also indicated that we've entered into this, this third phase. And th- that has me concerned because at the end of that third phase in this experience that I had, is that the power was knocked out and chaos was ensuing everywhere. Now, this was in my area. It, uh, as I was experiencing this, I was in Evergreen Park, Illinois, um, and that, and I could see the downtown skyline. You know, this is an amazing. I mean, you can be uh, 30 miles from downtown Chicago, but you can still see the buildings, you know, some of the higher buildings. And that's what it was like. I'm in Evergreen Park and I can see the downtown skyline. Uh, and then this uh, power outage takes place. And so I'm I'm concerned about that because I have no idea of how long that's going to last. Uh, and the video that was referenced in this, the person had said that if nine specific important connections in the power grid were hit at the same time, uh, it could virtually uh, turn off the entire country.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah. Amen. Is that
2: that's scary true. or what? Yeah,
1: and, and you know this could be. The one in North Carolina, do you think it could have been like a dry run just so the enemy could see what happened and what the results were and how long it took for them to get back up and things like that?
2: Isn't that what happens militarily? Yeah. You know, you try to see how they're going to respond. Of course, uh Ted Koppel had written a book about this maybe about five years ago and trying to stir people up. And of course, it seems as though the United States is on the slow curve. I mean, we got money for all kinds of stuff, but this, right? Yeah. And so right. um, the importance of the integral uh uh, the power grid. Um, and so the importance is, is that um, it is vulnerable now. So it takes two years to make one big transformer. So you lose a couple of transformers, you know, and you are, you're like in serious trouble. You no. Know? And oh, yeah. so yeah. what do you do?
1: Yeah. Amen. And, and, you know, I've been preaching for over a year now anyway, that, you know, I've been studying and, and sharing in sermons and teachings about why the United States is not a major player in the end times. And, and then with this Russian invasion of Ukraine and uh, Putin threatening to use nuclear weapons, if there, if he's pushed, you know, stuff like that, the scenario that I'm now sharing that I see being set up to come to pass is why would Russia invade Israel? you know, for the Ezekiel 38 war, and recently, well, within the past year or so, Israel discovered oil in their homeland, and they've struck an agreement with Europe to pump the oil to Europe so they don't have to buy oil from Russia anymore, and that's Russia's major source of income, which is why these sanctions are hurting them so bad. But they're, you know, he's like blackmailing Europe right now, like, hey, I'll flip the switch and you can freeze this winter, you know, type thing, right? Well, it, once Israel, they said that within the next year to 18 months, that delivery system will be in place and Israel will be able to support Europe. So they can then flip the switch to Russia and say, we don't need you, right? And that's now I see that as the scenario where now Russia will be pushed to invade Israel. And who else is in the Ezekiel 38 war but Persia, which is now Iran, and you know hey, they're, they're already allied with Russia and they've been looking for an excuse to invade Israel, right? And then China's already said, hey we're, we're part of this alliance too. We're going to support Russia and whatever they do. And there comes the nah, the the 200,000 man army from the east. So all this stuff is starting to line up just the way the Bible said. You know, and and I believe that to stop America from rushing to Israel's aid, Russia's pushes Putin's already said, if I'm pushed, I'll use them. And I think he's going to use an EMP one or two over the US, which it's already, as you said, you know, a couple of tactically placed EMPs, something like 10,000 or 100,000 feet up in the atmosphere, something like that takes out the entire electric grid of the United States. And experts have said that if that happens and the entire electric grid goes off, it'll be, as you just alluded to, two to three years before any power comes back up, right? That means everything's gone. I mean, we're living, as soon as that goes off, we're living in the 1800s. No food, no cars, no water through the pipes because there's no pumping stations. No sewage, no delivery of trucks to the grocery stores and all that stuff. No banks, no t- no ATMs, no banks, no money. You know, they, and, and you know that's just the scenario I see as being set up that goes right along with the Bible, and we're watching it on the evening news. You know, like on a chessboard. You know, when when the, you're playing someone who's far more superior at chess than you are. And you can see he's setting you up. He's pushing you into that corner. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. You know it's only a matter of time before he says, checkmate. you know, And that's what I see happening right. What do you see happening
2: along that line? Well, say so think about the time, you know, because <clears throat> uh, I basically, I have a really good life. I don't want to see it change. At the same time, I see that there are powers to be, so to speak, that want to see the uh, United States decline. So to get them out of the way for the setup of the next phase of their next phase of what they want to see happen, you know, which is this global elitist community, not globalism. There is a different phase of it that globalism is changing and morphing into something else. And so I I get kind of concerned. So sometimes I will see things moving, as we've talked about it before, convergence. And it seems to be rushing in that direction. And then at the same time, it seems as though God is raising up a standard that is slowing it down. So it's a, like a ping pong match, you know, you yeah. see one side, get the ball and the other side, volleys back. Um, and it's hard to determine whether we're going to see a, a collapse in what, a couple of years or 10 years. It's hard right. to see. Exactly. But the evidence shows that we're relentlessly moving in that direction.
1: Yeah,
2: And that's the part that gets like really scary because as Christians, we're thinking to ourselves, you know, we need to be rapture ready. no, And so that's a term that's being used a lot. But even that, I think there's even an an amount of complacency in people's minds because they're saying, okay, well, all right, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. My life hasn't changed. This happened, this happened. No, but sooner or later, the noose gets like really tight. So at what point do you have to get ready? You got to get like ready now with whatever time you got. Yeah. Amen.
1: That is so true. And then when you add on top of all that, you know, let's say, This does happen. The electricity goes, even if it's not for two, three years, but, you know, just say in New York City for a week. Well, we've already seen that, you know, in the major metropolitan areas, as soon as the power goes out, crime goes up, you know, I mean, because your burglar alarms don't work and all that good stuff. Right. So and we see on the news right now, crime has just been getting out of control so much so that you've seen some businesses like in Philadelphia hire armed guards. I mean, not just, you know, uh, you know, this is uh, Uncle Joe from Petticoat Junction with a pistol on, you know, hey, how you doing type thing. I'm talking about military style weapons and armor and, you know, rifles and stuff, not just regular security guards. Did you see any of that?
2: Well, that's a trend, right? So this guy was the gas station owner or manager was so frustrated with the crime that was taking place. He took matters into his own hand by paying money to have armed guards. We're talking like with rifles that are in the ready uh, military type of people who are uh, walking the perimeter and they're ready to respond. Of course, usually what happens is that people with guns that want to do bad things or others, other stuff will look for a more um, softer, tar- vulnerable yeah. target. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're, they'll leave this guy alone. And then of course the, the safety and productivity of the business will continue to go on, but it's a sad state of affairs having the, the move in this direction. Cause he said he just couldn't count on nine one, one being there uh, anymore because it was too frequent. Now, in my own area, there's been conversations in the last three weeks about the increase of gunfire in other uh, surrounding communities. Now uh, I don't like hearing that. And there's sometimes I will hear gunfire uh, and wonder, okay, what's going on. Uh, but I did, I did work in the South side of Chicago. And so it's nowhere near like it is down, you know, in Chicago. So um, it's, how would you say it? It hasn't nearly gotten as bad as that, but you see the deterioration. So who else is going to be going down this direction because of the deterioration of the police protection? That's the problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, recently uh, I'm sure it's happening in other places, but uh, a business here in Baltimore, uh, made the news where they posted a sign and said, you know, we're closing, you know, we've been robbed 15 times in the last year and the insurance doesn't cover it because they only cover, you know, so much at every, every incident, you got to cover your deductible type thing. Right. And because of the crime, their insurance rates are going up, you know, they say yeah. the last three times they had to pay out of pocket to replace their stock, you know, and it says we've had enough you know we've been here you know 20 years or whatever it is and, and we enjoy the neighborhood but we're done we're you know the police can't do anything about it and you know crime keeps going up so they're closing their doors and they're moving elsewhere you know so that neighborhood is suffering because these businesses are leaving and you know the the owners are suffering cuz they're out of pocket you know almost a 100 grand uh for deductibles and stuff like that and they're like you know we can't do this on a continuing basis this you know, with the uh all the stuff going on with the police. I mean, <laughs> my daughter took a uh, uh handgun class so she could purchase a handgun for protection. And the instructor, I know the instructor personally, he and I worked together in the police force, for and he brought up the statistics of like two years ago in Baltimore, they'd have, you know, in one week they'd have something like You know, 120 arrests for you know crime and stuff like that. And he said he brought it up for the week prior to the class. Two. What arrests? Because the revolving door, you know, they and if you arrest someone, not only does it take you, you know, three or four hours of paperwork to you know process them when they go to the commissioner, they're released with no bail, they're back out on the street. Uh, you know, that's the way this Baltimore prosecutor is working, you know, and, uh, you know, the cops are like, you know, and then if you bruise their hands, when you put the handcuffs on, you're subject to be, you know, sued, uh, for abuse and stuff like that. So the cops are like, Hey, okay, we'll just walk the beat and pick up the bodies as we go, but we're done. And, uh, that's. Not just here. I see it in Philadelphia on the news and, and other major metropolitan areas. The the cops, you know, that defund the police. I mean, Baltimore Police Department is supposed to have, I think they're they're down something like twelve hundred officers from what they normally are. So they're just you know, hey, we'll we'll come and take the report after the crime, and that's just what they're doing. And you know, naturally, that isn't being played well, uh, you know publicly on the news and all that stuff but what else are they going to do you know you get someone that you know they go out and arrest this 17 year old shooting people and and for drugs and they arrest them and you know as soon as they show up everybody pulls out their phones and starts recording you know and if he says one cuss word or something like that there's a lawsuit you know so i mean it's you know, my wife is like, I'm so glad that you're not on the police force right now. I said, me too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, but that's what's happening. And, you know, again, that's a sign of the times that, uh, you know, things are just going out of control. The, the We talked before the recording how it seems like darkness is now prevailing throughout the land with just little spots where the light shines, but not very much. I mean, I mean, uh, did you hear about let's let's move on uh did you hear about the idea and this goes back to the covid thing in, in my opinion where the government comes in and is teaching people to uh get used to us putting restrictions on you and the sheeple are like okay you know we'll we'll wear our masks stand in line uh you know we'll 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 stand you know 200 people go on walmart but nobody can go into a mom and pop store by themselves, you know. Type thing. It's the government wants to control everything. Do you hear about the one that now the greenies are thinking about limiting traffic in Oxford, England? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I bet you know Governor Newsom in California is taking notes on that. Oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can just see him
2: jumping all over that one. Did you see that? All right. So you think to yourself, where in the world is it going next, and how much more ridiculous can it get? No, but in the Oxford, England area, they decided that they want to develop these things that they call smart cities, which means is that you can only travel so many miles per month, like let's say 100 miles per month, and you're restricted to that at 100 miles. And so therefore, you got to do all of your local buying and, and purchases and stuff like that um, to save on those miles. And then they have other functions that they're trying to get you to, to uh, uh, reduce in. And, you know, it's almost as if this thing about the climate God is really coming up to the surface where everybody is bowing to this climate God um, and trying to save the planet. And then in saving the planet, we're not saving people. You right. know, we're yeah. inhibiting people. It's getting to like really scary. I don't know yeah. if this is going to float, but the, it's an interesting uh, idea that they're trying to implement on the limitations of free life in that yeah. area. So I I don't know. I think people would really start to get a little upset or maybe there'd be some pushback when they realized that, gee, I want to go somewhere that's more than a hundred miles.
1: Oh, it's not a hundred miles. Remember, it's neighborhoods. So, you know, imagine Chicago, they divide it into like uh, uh, five jurisdictions and say, you have to stay in your jurisdiction and you can only leave that area 10 times a month.
2: Yeah, that'd be terrible. (laughs) I'm not good with that.
1: You know, uh, that's that's the way I was was looking at that and saying, what? I mean, Uh, my wife and I, to go to one of the stores we go to, it's, you know, 27 miles. And we go a couple times a month because mm -hmm. she she likes going over there, right? Yeah. You you know, that's, you know, going there, coming back, there's 50 <laughs> yeah. Fifty miles, right there. You know, uh, we'll yeah. go one more time, and then we're stuck at home because we're going to exceed our hundred miles. You
2: know? <laughs> there's, there's got to be better ways of viewing our, uh, using our mental capacities and coming up with these uh, uh, restrictive ideas on living life. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and that's
1: what I say. I think it, it relates back to that COVID stuff. But you know, I mean, that's yeah, you know, uh, where yeah, the virus was bad, yeah. You know there needed to be something done, but I think the government played their hand and said, "Let's get people used to us enforcing their obedience." You know, you either obey and shut down everything, or else. You know,
2: and well, okay. So, as we're you know just touching on this COVID thing, it just doesn't make sense to me anymore because the thing is, is that uh, when people do have the the test positive for COVID now, it's the equivalent of a bad cold right? Mm -hmm. Then why are they still having this testing? You know, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. I hear people, I came back from this cruise, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but I came back from this cruise and the couple that I had been spending some time with on there, I got to know them. Uh, They uh, live in Denver, but he was raised in Hyde Park, South side of Chicago. So we had a lot in common. Well, his wife uh, tested positive then for COVID the next morning. I, I mean, the morning we uh, got off the ship, um, we we're going to have dinner that night. And so he's kind of letting me know, well, I'll go out to dinner with you, but I'll let you know that she tested positive. So, okay, fine. You know, let's go. You know, it's because it's uh, the dangerous. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't want to minimize it, but I guess I am minimizing it, is that it doesn't have the punch it had in the beginning. So right. why in the world am I still perpetuating this COVID stuff? I don't control. understand for control
1: and, uh, you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, come up with a new vi- new virus, a new version, or what do they call it? New strain, new shot. Because, yeah. you know, there's money in it.
2: Well, there's that rabbit trail that shows up from time to time, right? Yeah, You've heard the bad. new acronym that they have out there, uh, which is sad. You know, most uh, people, when you say SID, SIDS, uh, you understand, sudden in infant death. Yeah. But now there's one that's called SAD, and it is um, sudden adult death, right? And so we have this rise, and they're trying to come out with more studies to understand how this is happening. Of course, you don't get, you don't hear a lot of it. But I've been following that. I didn't put it in this segment because it's kind of like a another horrific rabbit trails. No, but it's affecting our society because now people are talking about. Well, they know somebody that they know somebody that died. Well, now it's like they know somebody who died and and it's becoming an ever um, increasing situation uh, in normal life. Another thing that's adding to normal life. So it's another uh, direction by which we're getting hit by these terrible things.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get back on the topic. Speaking of England and Europe, did you see the recent news from the CERN collider? I I had to watch that twice. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that?
2: Wow. I'll tell you what, um, the reason that I, I put it in there was because of the crack and the magnetic, uh, field that protects the earth. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was, I was trying to figure out, well, did CERN contribute to it, you know? And so I had to listen to it a couple of times. And the, the second time I, I realized they're saying that because of CERN's activity, they were able to detect this crack, right? So I don't know if it had a contributing factor. I'm not smart. Those people are smart, right? <laughs> when they're talking about colliding all these things and, and the masses of stuff and, and then the, the years of upgrade. I mean, it's really fascinating yeah. the, the problem was is that normally the magnetic uh, protection for the earth uh, might have a crack for a moment. This was hours. This was the first time that they had it happen for hours. And so there now, that's becomes a serious concern because now we're, the sun is in a huge active state, you no, know, right now. So that if we should have um, uh, another crack occur, we would have a lot of dangerous radiation coming in.
1: Yeah, that
2: would affect the grid as well. Yeah, you know, you get that right. serious stuff, and it could really play havoc, wreak havoc.
1: Yeah, amen, amen. And you know, they're they're playing with things that. You know, some people are worried that you know it's going to open up uh, the uh, like a black hole or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah, because you know, they, they're doing they're playing with stuff that nobody knows. It's just like you know the first uh, uh, what was it Little Boy or what it was the no or. Oh, Are you talking about project, the bomb the Man- yeah. Manhattan project, you know? Yeah. They they say, "Oh yeah, we got these safeguards in place." What they didn't realize was they were almost at the point where it was going to get out of control when they decided, "Okay, let's shut it down," you know. Another 10, 15 seconds it would've been beyond their ability to shut down, you know. And that's why they they're experimenting with things. They they're like, "Well, let's do this and see what happens." Then we'll go from there. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, Put the round and the bullet in the gun and look at okay. Now let's see what happens. Click. Oh, wow, that was fun!
2: <laughs> well, okay, so there's other topics that we got that we're going to be touching on, but sometimes you think to yourself, uh, are we getting too big for our own pants? Yes. No, and are we treading on God territory here? Yep,
1: amen. No, because right.
2: typically when we get to that point, God says, Okay, all right, this is enough of this. You know, I'm going to either confuse the language so that you can't do this Amen. or that. You know, but we're at the end of the end days, and I think he's he's thinking to himself, "Man, I better shut this down pretty soon, or we're gonna the humanity is going to be in a mess." And what did Jesus say
1: that if they didn't shut it down, there wouldn't be anybody to get saved? You know, I mean, that's you know, he himself said that these days were not shortened. You know, so that's and that's, we're we're reaching that point. We are reaching oh. that point. Yeah, and, and speaking again of Europe and all that, did you see the recent report of how NATO may be reorganizing into what some are describing as the first steps towards the revived Roman empire as the Bible oh. talks about at the end of days?
2: Oh, gee, that's kind of like scary because it's collapsing. You know, they got their financial stuff. is just falling apart and with all the limitations and the uh, the rules and regulations they're imposing and, and it's just uh, you know people they can't they don't have enough gas to run the factories in Germany and the, the companies are moving out of Germany to go other places and so that's kind of imploding I don't know to what percent it probably a small percent right now but it's a it's a bad trend and so it's falling apart but then it starts to do the reorganization right and I think that's when it hit me because I uh, uh, I don't know if we have it on the list or not I'm looking at the list over here. Um, is about what happened in Australia recently where they are toying with the idea of having that social credit score. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I heard that, I thought Australia, no, how did Australia get to the place where, where they are now really authoritarian in that mode. And then it hit me, it hit me like the revived Roman empire where there is what, what was there? 10 horns. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, uh, in the uh, revelation thirteen, I think it is, yep. right, so then all of a sudden I realized, wait, we see horns rising, no, because you got these individuals like in canada and in, um and uh, uh how would you say it, uh Australia and new zealand and and these other areas of the world where these people are rising up in power, and all of a sudden it hit me like. Oh, are these the precursors to the ten horns being revealed in the Book of Revelation? Yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Whether or not it's them, it's the system that they're putting into place that's rising up. Yes, uh, and uh, that that is absolutely true, and it all relates again back to what we were talking about: how the governments are trying to figure a way to control their populace. And, you know, we've discussed before about COVID and, and in addition to the medical concerns, you know, a, a practice, I believe it was a practice run when the government seized upon the opportunity to have a practice run to train us to obey them when basically it, it all relates to control. Speaking of which, control and and all that, did you see recently uh, the issues with TikTok? You know, we, we talked before about China and their social scores, and and we just alluded to about China helping Russia and, and all that stuff. You know, China is not only trying to control their populace, but they want to influence people and spy on us through TikTok. I just seen a, a recent thing on TikTok said that uh, these videos are so short, and they're so uh, within something like, I think the news report says something like within like six minutes of you filling out your little profile. stuff, they're starting to hit you with stuff that they think what your preferences are. And it adapts as you like this one, they'll send you another one like this one, they'll send you another one more pervasive than Facebook and stuff does. And that it is giving these kids and stuff like that. And and the users of it more or less a high like fentanyl you know, like, oh, wow, that is so cool. And that's what's addicting people to this TikTok app, right? And, you know, now governors around the United States, because of the software and opportunity for them to be, you know, spying on government, and all it takes is for someone to log from a secure government computer to look at a TikTok video, and that thing's in their system. Now they get can work behind the scenes and gain access to all that other stuff. I, I know, you know, Governor in Texas has recently. got Governor Abbott said no state platform can be, you know, have TikTok on it. The governor in Maryland here has done the same. He's one of the I think it's fourteen governors that have banned it from state agency uh, computers and phones and stuff like that. Have you seen any
2: of this? It's a scary part. It's because they're the uh, information that is behind the scenes. You know the. The um, position of awareness, the longitude, latitude of the images and, <clears throat> and the images that are taking place uh, and the scouring for more information that goes on behind the scenes. And so it's to the point I heard this about a year ago or so, right, that this was going on. So I, I'm glad to see that they're finally catching up with these, the giving away of information or the way that it could be used against us. And so I'm thinking, wow, it's it's about time that this is happening. And so that's where you start to see some good stuff uh, going on, and uh, moving in a good direction. There are like it's ten to one, I would think, just as a way of illustrating, is that there seems to be only a few cracks of positive stuff going on here and there. (laughs) So, but I'm glad that this is moving in that direction to help safeguard the United States. That's the whole point: is to keep us healthy and strong, in this the season of destroying and deteriorating our society.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, like that news report was talking about the app senses from the information you've done. And then what videos you, you said you like and stuff like this, it has grown almost within an hour of you starting to use it where it knows you, you know, and starts doing all that. And, And China isn't, just with TikTok i mean they have these uh uh what do they call them? robots that you know uh have ai in them and stuff and as the conversations continue to evolve they get to to gather more and more info from the web and you know all that stuff and we talked about all this before the transhumanism and stuff like that we we shared information and i think it was in the last uh, interview we did with about pastor jimmy evans when he was talking on this topic but now it seems it might be a lot closer than Anyone really thought possible, I mean, you mentioned earlier in this interview that you know basically these nations and stuff are trying to play god you know they're they're trying to be God. I don't think God appreciates it very much, which could lead to very serious ramifications what What do you think along this a i line?
2: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. You know, of course, science fiction, right? If you remember um, Orson Welles, um, I I don't think it was 1984, but there was, um, he wrote a book where he talked about uh, glowing lights that turned out to be neon bulbs, right? Mm. So he talked about it early in the 19th century or uh, 1900s, and then man invented it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you have in science fiction where you talk about having a, a human. Uh, interface with the uh, the internet. Okay, well now Elon Musk is doing that. Yeah. They were doing testing yeah, on Neuralink. Yeah, in yeah. Neuralink. Yes. Yeah. And now they're doing it on human beings. Yeah. You no. Know? So they say, okay. So the good side is, is the good side is uh, a person that has a paralysis. Let's say they can use this to bridge those bad areas by which they can make the connection, and the person can come back to normal life. All right. So it starts out good, but somewhere along the line, the introductions to the bad side starts happening. No. And I'll tell you what, I don't think the human mind is designed to be able to carry information as quickly as the internet. And so what would be the burnout factor or the affecting factor? It's a, a kind of like an unknown, but we're there. That's the yeah. problem. We're there. Yep.
1: Yeah. Amen. You know, we're, I think it was in the last interview where the, robot or AI thing they were asking questions of it you remember yeah. And, yeah, and, I do. and they said something like uh you know what is the purpose of I can't remember what, it said of, what is the purpose of man and she said to serve us or something like that I mean you know like basically we'll take over you know we're gonna yeah. take over here you know I mean yeah. and, it, and it was like whoa who programmed that answer <laughs> you
2: know? yeah wrong answer I like the one where they asked if he would lie, and he said, "Well, if it was to my advantage."
1: Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> oh, praise God, Amen. And, and, you know, let's let's get off some of the negative and accent a little bit of the positive. Praise God. Now, did you see the YouTube, recent YouTube video by Carol Arno on the Banquet Hall of Heaven?
2: Yeah. Amen. Yes, that was good, but also disturbing.
1: A little bit. But at least, the, you know, it, you know, you get the the vision of, you know, the wedding. And I mean, that's that's awesome. Well,
2: that's what we're looking forward to is yeah. uh, the rapture event, you know, which is becoming more pervasive in conversations these days as we get into the, the end of times. Yeah. Even regular folk is starting to realize that um, something is going on. And so they're starting to pay attention. And that's why we like to get people stirred up, you know, to be able to say, okay, we need to have that relationship with the Lord, especially tapping into the Holy Spirit, because he's the one that leads us and guides us and all this stuff. And so uh, so she had this experience where she had this uh, vision of of going to the banquet table, which would mean the lamb, you know, the uh, um, rapture, you know, up for the the banquet. And she thought, where's where's all the people? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where's all the people?
2: Yep. So yeah. So that's a scary thing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we know from our own studies, our own discussions that you know, if Jesus said all the believers come up here now, there's still going to be something like six billion people on the earth. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's only I think the last estimate I heard was 1.6 or 1.8 billion believers.
2: All right. Well, that comes into a serious topic, and that would be this is that we got the parable of the ten virgins, five were ready and five were not. And this is where uh, I was uh, um, on that recent cruise down to the Southeast Caribbean. And normally, when I travel, the Lord uses me for intercession, which means is that there'll be areas where He is asking me to enter into pleading for the forgiveness of sins, so that there can be a spiritual change in in a person's life, or maybe an area or or let's say a, a ministry of sort. And that didn't happen at all this time, which I'm shocked because it almost always happens. <clears throat> but what happened this time is that he's connected me to believers, right? And I'm thinking, well, what's going on here? So uh, when I would go down for dinner, I would always ask to be placed at a table. And uh, then after usually an hour of conversation, it comes around the church, right? You can find out, okay, where's the open door, where's not the open door. And I was coming up with, with the believers uh, and having conversations, but that's when I realized, well, okay, so they do have this sense of believing, but where is their spiritual level? Now, I'm a person that likes to, you know, being a Pentecostal, I like to see Pentecostal fire. I like to see the, the uh, moving of the Holy Spirit. I like to see signs and wonders and healings and deliverances and yeah. all that kind of Amen. stuff. So um, I get into the conversation to try to feel out where they're at. And the thing was, was that I was more or less trying to stir up the ambers in these people's lives that I'm coming across in these 10 days. And I'm thinking, oh, this is like really strange, right? And so uh, four years ago, I was on the island of Kitten. And it seemed like every time I turned around, I'm bumping into these believers that are really on fire for God, right? Amen. And now <laughs> I love the story. I get off the ship and I'm in the, the terminal where I'm getting into the shopping area. So I'm making a transition and I'm looking for the first person that I can kind of like listen, witness to. Right. So I walk up to this young woman that's got nothing going on and she's some kind of worker there. And I asked her, I says, well, are you a church person? And you have seen the look on her face. She says, well, I go sometimes. And it's not the answer that I was looking for. Right. <laughs> and I says, sometimes I said, this is not a time in life in the season to be, you know, uh, how would I say it? To be risking, you need to be on a strong foundation of Jesus Christ. It, you know, because it's scary times out there. You should have seen her eyes get big. <laughs> it was it was like priceless. So I wound up moving on, and as I'm going through my excursions and I'm connecting with people, I'm I'm encountering. I gave out uh, at least a dozen cards to leading to my books to help stir up more spiritual activity, Amen. and only one person did we hit that I hit with the unity of the Holy spirit right there on the streets in front of the stores. And this woman was excited. You know, there was that spark that took place and we're, we're talking spiritual talk now. And I was kind of like really excited about that. And so, but it was at the same time disheartening because it seems as though I was um, coming up against or coming into people who didn't have the extra oil. Yeah.
1: And I found that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, another aspect of it is is that I came across quite a few people that were from the state of Washington, right? And as soon as I brought up church or spiritual life, no, didn't go there, didn't want to talk about it at all. Shut me down, get it, you know, let's move on to something else. And I was totally shocked at uh, that aspect of it.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, when you look at that story of the the ten virgins, uh, five already, five weren't. But yet before the bridegroom came, it says, all of them were asleep. There's a lot of Christians right now; they're born again, but they're yeah. asleep. They're not staying awake. You know, and Jesus made a point, uh, one of his parables, about staying awake. You know, waiting yeah. for the 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 bridegroom to come. You know, and, and in that parable, said all of them were asleep. Yeah, even the believers. And I think we're in that we're in that spot right now you know, and that we are the Christians in this nation for the most part are asleep and they're not witnessing, you know, that the, they should have been, those five should have been telling, look, you know, when he comes, we don't have enough oil to give you. So you need to go get it now while there's time. <laughs> yes. you know? Good point. But they didn't do that. They were all asleep. <clears throat> and then when the time came, Hey, what about me? Well, you're on your own, Jack. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, And that's not a Christian thing to do, but, and you definitely didn't obey Jesus about staying awake. So, you know, that's, that's brother Boswell, two cents on that parable there. I got a lot more, but then I'd start preaching and.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, on the note of seeing good things starting to happen, you know, I I was uh, really encouraged by Ron DeSantis down in uh, Florida. What he's doing is that. He is uh, creating an investigation into why are there so many people that have had a negative effect yeah. to the vaccinations? Yep. And they're going to rather than do it on the federal level, they're doing it on a state level uh, uh, because it's within their jurisdictions, their uh, Florida Supreme Court uh, system. Yeah. And uh, and they're bringing in other states because the the federal part of it is not interested in this. Right. So and I thought to myself, ah, this is a good move in a good direction. We're starting to see a transfer of, you know, like you you wonder yourself, how much evil can people get away with, you know, and not have any kind of accountability? And it's been horrendous. But now all of a sudden you start to see a transfer of power coming into righteousness and goodness. And then that gives me hope that, okay, maybe we can slow this down. Maybe we can get more people aware of what's going on. And so by his actions, I'm not, I'm telling you, this man has got to be blessed by God the way that yeah. he's moving forward.
1: Amen. But on that same topic, I was listening to the radio as I was driving home this morning. And the the two hosts of this radio program were talking about how this is a bad move for DeSantis right now. You know, he was, he was doing good. You know, was trying to project himself to be presidential and all that, but now he's, he's joining the camp of the deniers again, you know, and, and, and you know, so I can see this shaping up already that, uh, you know, that's how they're going to frame this. Not that he's trying to get to the bottom and the truth of these things, but that he's joining, you know, the denier camp, you know, and, yes. uh, He said, but he stood up and, 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 you know, recommended people get their vaccine, get it, get it, get it, get it, you know, and now he's saying, oh, no, 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 there's a problem with this stuff, you know, and so they're, they're already trying to frame the conversation that, you know, to, to promote, to push him into that far extreme camp, you know, yes, so here we go, but, you know, I agree with you you know, the guy, we're not finished here. Our world no. is not done yet on this earth. And God is raising up leaders to fight the good fight of faith. I believe one of them is, is. governor DeSantis. I do. Yes. You know? Amen. My wife asked me the other day, who do you think will be the you know next guy running for president? And I said, well, there's probably going to be several of them like last time. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Trump will be one, but I don't think he's going to get the nomination. And I said, you know, there's a, you know, Governor DeSantis, in my opinion, is probably one of the, the current leaders for that, if he should go that route. Uh Governor Hogan here in Maryland wants is thinking about doing that, like absolutely not. You know, uh, he John Kennedy would be more of a Republican than what our current governor is a Republican. Oh. <laughs> you know I mean? Okay. He is he is just, you know, he he was a if if you take the, the far left, far right. And you got the middle section. He's like on the left side of the middle, put it like that, you know, our governor here <laughs> in Maryland, you know, uh, he, for Maryland, you know, he's a Republican, you know, he's like, rah, rah, rah. like but for everyone else in the, the country, he should run as a, a far left Democrat, <laughs> you know? yeah. but, uh, but there'll be some others coming, you know, Ted Cruz, you know, and some people like that, they'll, they'll probably give it a run. And, and we'll just let the, let, let the, Balls fall where they fall and see what happens. But, you know, pray about it in the meantime.
2: But uh... All right. So one of the things here that you and I talk about quite a bit uh, is the information that the Lord is feeding us supernaturally, yeah. you know, which comes through the dreams, the visions, the awareness, the quickening. And I think that that is something that is really needed in our day. And this is why I'm encouraging the listeners now to really develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. One of the best books I ever came across that has uh, kind of like a, a teaching manual, so to speak, would be a Maria Woodworth Etter's book on signs and wonders, 600 yep. pages. Amen. No, yeah. And I would encourage anybody to get a copy of that and to read that uh, to be able to be inspired. This is what we need rather than have people be uh, devastated, you know, uh, at the overwhelming darkness is that usually what happens is that Jesus shows up on the horizon uh, when it gets really dark. And I'm looking for that that to be happening soon, you know? And so I think he's raising up people, developing them, getting them stirred up to be able to desire those things. You know, all you need is a little bit of faith, you know, like the mustard seed, right? Yep. Amen. <clears throat> and that's right. Get people to desire that. And then I believe that he's going to open up that door for them to be able to have that experience. You know, and it's it, the thing is, is that it's like learning a new language that nobody has ever spoke before, but you're supposed to be able to understand it. Right. You know, Amen. and that's what happens is that he teaches us along the way this new language of how to move in the spirit and walk in the spirit um, and then be the avenue by which his life flows through us and into the world to make it better. Now I did come across this, this uh, husband and wife. He was in one of those wheelchair uh, powered wheelchairs and they had just finished their shopping. And, and I don't know why I was drawn to them. Shock of all shocks, right? Okay. So he, he winds up telling me that he is a lawyer and, and him and his wife are um, firmly uh, conservative. And so I was talking to him about this need of having this um, people become born again or becoming more on fire for the Holy Spirit. I says because the goodness, this is, this is the thing, the goodness of God comes into our spirit and then helps to bring about the transfer from darkness to light. And so that's what that's what we want. We want more of the goodness of God coming into our lives and flowing through us. And it was kind of like I could see that, you know, the wheels turning in their minds as I was saying that. And that's what we want to see happen through these broadcasts. Get people tapped. This is my whole thing here. Get people (laughs) tapped into the Holy Spirit because then he can bring them wherever he wants them to know, teach them whatever he wants them to know, and reveal to them whatever he wants them to know.
1: Amen. Amen. That is so true. And speaking of that. Tom, this has been all so fascinating. If someone wanted to reach out to you to ask a question, maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you?
2: My email is healingthenation1776 at gmail.com. Amen. Amen.
1: Folks, as we wrap up our discussion today with Tom Donnan, I want to emphasize we're not doing this to instill fear, but hope. Hope in Jesus, hope in the Word, hope that unbelievers do not have our and are incapable of having unless they become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished for us. And if that's you today, if you have a desire to have that type of hope, Tom, can you lead that person in a prayer that will help them to receive the hope that only comes through
2: Christ? Oh, what a wonderful honor. Let's pray. Dear father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and the work he did on the cross by the shedding of his blood He paid the price for the sins of humanity. I tell you, Father, that I am a sinner and I am sorry for the the pain my sins have caused you. And I I say, Father, please forgive me. And that Lord, that you would have Jesus come into my heart, come into my life, and I want to live for him. Mm -hmm. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So anybody who has prayed that prayer is that uh, the Holy Spirit comes into you and then a new life begins.
1: Praise God. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, get in touch with Tom. Use the links down below. Email me too, brotherbob at ftfm.org because I want to, I'd love to hear your testimony. I know Tom would as well. Tom, man, time goes so quick. I do appreciate you taking the time to come back on today and join us. And I look forward to our next interview, brother.
2: All right. I look forward to it too. Thank you for this opportunity.
1: Amen. Till next time, it's Pastor Bob reminding you, be with Tom Don and myself. Be blessed in all that you need.
0: You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.